G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Fight for Success podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shay Wheat. Shay, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I love that. Shay, just for the audience, just for a quick 30 seconds, um, who's Shay? Who is Shay? Well, yeah, 30 seconds. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, I am a certified event producer where we go and support speakers, coaches, and experts to create powerful and profitable live and virtual live events. Love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and so how, how did you get into this? What, what, like, what, what's your background? Yeah, kind of funny. I kind of fell into it. Um, I was speaking. I was like at a multi-speaker event. It was like new year, new you. And I was like going to speak on appreciation marketing. And so I was messing with the guy in front of me who had my mic because you like switch off the microphones. And I'm like, hey, dude, don't go spitting on my mic. And he's like, you're funny. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And come to find out he was like the head of education for Dr. Oz's nonprofit. And I'm like, oh, that's really amazing. I met Saval, his sister at Maria Shriver's women's conference when she was, you know, the first lady of California. She used to be a Kennedy. um, And she was running this women's conference that had 14,000 tickets sold in 14 minutes. So I wanted to go. I couldn't because there were no tickets. So I volunteered. And that's when I met Saval. And he turns around and he's like, she's best friends with our CEO and we're doing a women's conference. You should help us. (laughs) And so I said, okay. (laughs) So that was my first gig as an associate producer. I was in charge of over 70 speakers and over 100 volunteers. Wow. That's amazing. And so you, 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 I mentioned before we um, jumped on that you, you're setting up a, 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 something in Bahamas, is it? That you're... Yeah, yeah. So just this last weekend, um, a client of mine, she moved to the Bahamas yeah. and she wanted to stay at home. And so we ended up creating a studio in her house. She had her office is like 350 square feet. And so we ended up having um studio creation we had zoom monitors in front of her so big tv screens in front of her big tv screens behind her there were notes from me because i was here in california in the united states i had my av team was in arizona i had people um local in the bahamas supporting her there and we ended up producing an event for a few hundred people from over 26 different countries a three-day event, and she ended up uh, bringing on, you know, a bunch of new people into her year-long program, which was very, very exciting. That is super exciting. So, so they're all virtual events then? There's no, there's no live events yet? There are live events, you absolutely. Know, that one in particular was a virtual live event. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so why do you do what you do um, like with the events and everything? How, like, um, is there a like, what's your passion? How did you, how'd you get all into this? And why do you do it? Yeah, so I love events. Like, I've always attended events. There's just, like, an energy when you're there in person, connecting with like-minded individuals, all kind of having somewhat of a similar goal. And frankly, they don't think you're crazy like your family does. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Because you're like, oh, I want to learn about this or, oh, I want to grow my business or, oh, I want to like figure out X, Y and Z. And you end up going into a space with other people that have the same mindset that you do. 
versus like your family where they're like, oh, there she goes to another one of those events. Oh God, she's getting personal development again. Oh God, right? So why not get paid to be at the events? <laughs> That's kind of my thinking. Um, I've got, you know, just this mind that allows me to go 30,000 foot view. What is your vision? And then I can break it down into the nitty gritty and lead your team to go, okay, this is what needs to be done next. This is how it needs to happen. This is where we go and just kind of move all the parts. So it is seamless and is done with grace and ease. Love that. Have you noticed with, um, with, with COVID that the events have changed slightly or is it a zoom becoming more, um, more popular or, and now that kind of we're getting to towards hopefully the, you know, things are going back sort of to normal. Is, is Zoom still um, interesting to audiences? Are they more wanting to go back to live audiences or what have you mm -hmm. noticed? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to be doing a free masterclass on just that topic. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'm seeing is one, virtual events will never die, yeah. right? The, the thing with virtual events is they tend to be more cost-effective. You don't have to worry about the food and beverage and the room block and the room rate at a hotel, you know, where you're spending like $100 for a gallon of hot water. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't have those budget constraints. Um, and with utilizing our favorite platform is Zoom, we end up having, like I mentioned before, the bank of TVs in front of the, the speaker so she can actually see what's happening or uh, they, you know, those head tilts where you go, wait, I don't quite understand. The speaker can go, okay, Michael, it looks like you're not picking up what I'm laying down. Let's unmute Michael. Michael, what's going on? Right. So you can you actually become like a front row seat member. Everybody's like a VIP in a virtual event. Yep. Right. They can raise their hand and the, the person can actually see them versus like if you're all the way in the back and you raise your hand, there's no way the speaker is going to see you. Yep. Also, there's like that engagement piece that we didn't have in the live space. So granted in the live space, you have the networking that happens before the doors open, or you go and sit at the bar after the event, right? But during the event in a virtual space, you can create that community and that connection really fast through the chat feature. And we also do it through different platforms, social media, like we've done um, just threads in Facebook in a Facebook group, right? Mm -hmm. And call to actions where it gets them engaged and they end up winning vouchers for your programs just to keep that engagement and to keep them staying with you, especially if you're doing a three day long event. Yeah, wow. So let's say someone wants to, um, has got a business that um, does 12 month programs that wants to potentially start doing using events as their strategy. Um, how do you how do you get the right audience in front of that speaker to make sure that they're going to get that kind of um, substantial ROI in that event? Yeah, yeah, great question. So there's actually uh, five phases of event leverage, um, and based on the level of business that you're in, you're going to be in a certain phase of events. So if you're in phase one, you're going to be doing certain types of. Actually, you're not going to do any events in phase one. That's probably the first thing right there. Phase two what, through what five are doing events. What, what's someone, who's someone that's in phase one? Phase one, in phase one, your primary goal is to get clients and yeah. get them crazy awesome results, well, right? It's like uh, you pretty much have no clients whatsoever. Yeah. So your goal is to get eight to 10 paying clients 
and get them crazy awesome results, get them in your program, like make sure that you can actually sell that sort of thing. Right. So no events for you. (laughs) (laughs) Proof of concept, go do your market research, find the people that love and adore what it is that you're doing or the problem that you solve for them, get them awesome results, rinse and repeat. That's phase one. Phase two is you need to start now getting visibility, right? You need to start increasing where you're at and how people see you. So because you're probably not bringing in a ton of cash right then and there, you need to start using like free platforms. You need to be doing Facebook lives. You need to be doing clubhouses. You need to be on Instagram. You need to be on other people's webinars or podcasts or summits. You can start looking at being a sponsor at somebody else's event. So what you're doing is you're utilizing somebody else's room that has the same niche as you, the same ideal audience, and you and go and speak to their audience. Of course, you're a sponsor. They filled the room. You compensate them for that. You end up offering, you know, your free gift, your little pink spoon. Do you guys have like Baskin Robbins out there? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So they have the little pink spoon. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to sample it, right? So it's like you offer your little pink spoon and you know start gaining leads, start gaining visibility. You want to start growing to the point where you're bringing in, you know, consistently 5k or so a month. Then you move to phase 3, phase 4 and phase 5. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um and what what so what is it that inspires you to keep keep doing these events and keep 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 growing this business? Yeah. Yeah. um, It honestly is experiencing the impact that we're making. So the event that I just did this last weekend, it was a personal development event. Um, And it's been hard. The world is, has been in a tough situation for the past two years. Mental health has been on the rise So many people don't know what to do. They've witnessed things. They experience things. They don't know how to talk about things. Things have happened that, you know, their closest friends and family don't even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've been in a bubble and it hasn't been the best bubble for a lot of people. And so seeing that these people are coming and they're experiencing this event and they're gaining tools to support them. This one especially had the 12 keys that would support them in moving them through um, supporting their mental health, supporting their business, supporting everything that they would touch, you know, evicting the toleration tenant to um, managing their money to um, just things along those lines where you're like, fudge, I didn't realize that that was happening for me. What have, what have I not been tolerating? What have I been tolerating? You know, just those little things that you can go, oh, I now have that awareness for it. And I kid you not, the aha moments that were coming from people, the tears that were coming from people, the hearts that were opening from the event, whether or not they ended up doing business with our client or not, you could tell there was a shift in their life. And that's what brings me back to continuing to do these events. Now that one's personal development. I also have another client that's like a CPA and, you know, he does taxes and he does all of the money things. That also is so incredibly impactful because people don't look at their money Mm. at all, especially, you know, solopreneurs, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> if I just keep selling and I don't look at anything else, that's all I do. Everything should be fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like even that was impactful for his event that we did. People are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize how much money I was leaving on the table, how much money I was giving back to the government in taxes, how much I was missing over here that if I were just to repurpose or readjust or, you know, change this little thing, you just saved me 15K. Yeah. Simple little things. So it's really um, partnering with our clients to kind of like lock arms and create a wave of change. That's what really supports me in kind of getting that excitement about doing the events. It's not about the spreadsheets. Like I love my spreadsheets. Don't get me wrong, but it's seeing that impact that we're creating across the masses. Love that. And when you're working with a client that's, um, you know, got these programs and you're going to set it up a like a tailored event for them, is it is it always like a three day event or can you could you do like a, a two hour event or like what 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 what's some options that they've got to work with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we work with people doing you know one day events, one day sales and enrollment events. That's kind of our specialty. That's our niche. Yeah. Um, we really know the arc that needs to be created when you're building that rapport and relationship with your audience. Um, so they tend to be one days or three day type of events. But we also have supported some people with some summits. Um, one of our clients did a five day summit. I don't recommend that for everybody. But, you know, she's got a, a big enough audience that she can do that. It was three hours a day for five days. And it was a legion opportunity into one of her lower level programs. Yeah. So it was still technically a, an enrollment event, but more summit because she ended up bringing in all of her friends, all of her other, you know, personal development or business speakers or what have you that not only ended up offering their gifts, but then she also sold her program at it too. That's not so bad actually when I think about it. like doing a, a five-day event that's only like two to three hours a day. Because um, what for me personally, when I do like um, virtual events, it's sometimes hard to sit in a room by myself and stare at a computer for, you know, eight to 10 hours doing an event where you're not actually properly engaged with other people. Like obviously you're, you're engaged, you're talking to people, but you're not sitting next to them, you're not having lunch with them or anything like that. Um, so it is sometimes hard to sit through a full event. So if it was only like three day, three hours a day for five days, that, that could actually be um, a good option as well. Okay. Was that like was that option of doing three hours a day for five days? Was that like a successful way of doing it? Yeah, yeah. She she ended up. Uh, we've done it a couple of different ways. She's ended up selling tickets into her three day event, and then she's also sold into her lower level program, which was like a two thousand dollar program. Yep. And both were really, really successful for sure. Um, from the production side, it's not a smaller day for us because yeah. <laughs> you still do tech check ahead of time and then you do debrief at the end. And, you know, so it's still not as long of days, but yes, I, for the audience, it works pretty good though. Right. They just come in for snack size bites and then yep. they go back into their world and then come back in for the snack size and bounce back out. Yeah. Um, when it comes to virtual events, the engagement piece for our three day that comes into play is really, really super important because you're right. You it's it's amazing that you actually end up sitting in front of your computer for eight hours. But when they're designed correctly and the engagement is set up properly, yeah. 
yep. it flies by. That, and you're like, true. oh my gosh, I didn't realize I've sat here for eight hours. <laughs> that, is, that is 100% true. I've, I've been to some events where there's like the production's quite low and then you go, go to another event which the production's really strong and it's engaging and the camera angles are always changing and there's mm-hmm. you know, screens in the background and constantly changing, chopping, changing. And uh, just, mm-hmm. I know, it's just, it's more engaging in you. And even though it's a longer event, it does seem, does seem shorter, so you're totally right. Yeah. Um, did you have anything, um, any, any offers for that, for our audience, any promotions that you wanted to um, deliver to us? Yeah, um, I definitely have a gift for everybody. Um, so if you want to take a look at what is the best event for you based on the phase and level of business that you're in, I've actually created the five phases of event leverage. So in order to pick that up, you're simply going to go over to um, a website here, which is five phases.info, spelling out the word five, forward slash fight for success. Five phases.info forward slash fight for success. And that's going to tell you what is the best event for you that you should be doing right now based on the phase of business that you're in. Love that. I'll put the, I'll put the link in the show notes for everyone. So you can just click on that and uh, go straight to that gift. Um, Shay, it's been amazing having you on. Um, how can people, other than obviously the gift, how can any people get in, uh, in touch with you to find out a bit more about your events? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you can definitely go to our company website, graceandeaseproductions.com. And I am on social media, either under Shay Wheat or Grace and Ease. Um, we post a ton of stuff on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Um, if you're looking for any tools, any updates, what's happening in the virtual event space right now, I do a masterclass every probably six to eight weeks and the topic changes all the time. Uh, so they can always go to virtualeventsworkshop.com as well as take a look at what we're talking about um, in the next free masterclass workshop. Love that. Wait, sorry, when's the next uh, free masterclass? masterclass? Mm, it's uh, Friday. It's oh, going to be May right. okay. 6th. Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. I will, I'll, I'll share all the, um, the links in the show notes so everyone can um, try and get in touch with you. That'd be amazing. Uh, but thank you so much, Shay, for jumping on the podcast. Um, it's been super insightful and um, it's really, you know, got me thinking of different ways to uh, approach the whole event strategy as well. So um, we'll definitely keep in touch. So thank you, I love Shay. it. Thank you so much, Michael. Had fun. Thank you.